0: Welcome to How We Grow, an essential playbook to grow and scale your vacation rental business with advice and insights from the best in the biz with your host, Linnell Gordon.
1: Welcome to How We Grow, the Vacation Rental Show. I'm Linnell Gordon, and I have a long, long, long long-awaited friend guest that I am so happy to have. Matt Landau needs no introduction. Everybody in the industry knows him, and I'm very happy to have him chat with me today. Thank you, Matt
2: my pleasure.
1: What I try to do on this show is create a mentorship. And the people that I have on the show are people that have been successful in vacation roles. And I hope that the people that listen are people that are looking for mentors or looking for advice for how to grow their vacation rental company. You've keynoted so many different times. Tell me what advice would you give people that want to start a vacation rental company or... And have a vacation rental company, and they're looking to grow the company.
2: I think it's two very different conversations. Let's start with the people who want to grow. People have grown these businesses before, and there's a pretty clean path to growth. In fact, most of the people who are attending this summit have gone through those challenges before, and they know sweet spots, nice balance points where you can make enough money and burn out. And they know pain points that you're bound to cross through and they know the general pieces of technology that you will need and when. And I think it's a huge mistake not to very simply tap into their knowledge base. You just kind of have to be very self-centered not to see that advice as Mm -hmm. just waiting. And everyone in this industry for the most part is really open and generous with their experience. So reaching out to people who do this for a living, who have likely Grown to where you want to get to before. Mm-hmm. I think that's the simplest way. And that's just such an easy thing. You can look at someone you really admire and say, Hey, can I take you out for a coffee and ask you a couple of questions? That's how I found my mentor originally. That's an easy thing. The folks who are just getting started, I think it's a little bit more nuanced. I think, first of all, you have to recognize that it's indeed a business, it's not a hobby. It's getting increasingly difficult for it to be a hobby, let's say. I think. You need to be ready to work hard. You need to be ready for a grind. That's true. Not sexy. Scrape mm-hmm. the poop off toilets as Sarah Bradford
1: says. That's my favorite part of property management. I'm just saying. Scrape the poop? No, but cleaning houses. I loved that part. When I went through school, I was going through college and I was able to do that. That was like the best job in the whole wide world. It was very cathartic because all I had to do was work on Saturday, like for Six or seven hours, eight hours, and I made my money for the week, and yeah, it was fun. When you were finished, there was a product there. I said, yeah, that's my favorite part of property management. I get, love house heating. Get into
2: the zone, kind of a flow state,
1: Absolutely. lose yourself. Yeah, it's not the poop, but it's definitely getting into the flow of getting everything clean. and Afterwards, having a sense of, wow, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. There are beautiful houses that would clean you, too, you know, for the most part, so. But it's not sexy, and it's a lot of work. I don't disagree with that.
2: And that's where I think either interning or visiting a professional manager and seeing what it's like, what happens, what goes into a great product, that could be very eye-opening for somebody. And mm-hmm. either way, you'd like, wow, this is a world that I think I'd be great at. Or you could say, ah, is not for me. Mm-hmm. I would encourage some kind of exploration in that regard before really pulling any trigger because these are guests, not whose lives we are responsible for, and these are very valuable family assets that we have to Mm -hmm. look after. A
1: lot of times that's the most valuable asset that people have is in home. Then you have a second home, still, it's a very valuable asset, like you said. So the mentorship is really important, and I think that a lot of people know you, but I don't know that a lot of people know that you have a way to facilitate that online mentorship. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's a great thing. That
2: was a solution to my tendency to help people. And having seen the power of what happens when you can help people, and there's a lot of people that we just talked about who love to help people. Yeah, It's very powerful. Right. That is a really powerful thing. The one catch is that you kind of get bored answering the same question over and over again. And if you're wise and you're going to put some time into a great answer Mm -hmm. for a question, I thought to myself, there must be a way for that to scale.
1: Right. Sure. Chas GPT.
2: GPT.
1: We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: The solution I came up with, and this was 2012, was let's make a private online space. So we chose a forum software that was originally built by... Video game enthusiasts.
1: Yes, I was very familiar with. Were you? That would be me. I, yeah, I used to have an online guild. Did you? Big gamer, big gamer, still gamer here.
2: So there's something people should know about gamers. They love sharing tips. Absolutely. With each other. Yes, and definitely. they are tight communities. Yes, very. So they built this software called ZenFira,
1: mm-hmm. with
2: an X, and that was the software that I settled on. It was kind of like a WordPress of community software. Right, right. I needed to get away from Facebook. I needed to get away from any social media that was down to manipulate the algorithms. I needed my own open source software that we could build, not to get viral sensation. Exactly. But to get the information into people's hands. Mm -hmm. And so we chose this software. And the premise of the early days of the community was, if you're a member, and the premise still is to this day, You ask the community a question if it hasn't been asked before. And then we ask the brightest members of the community to chime in and it becomes a living document and it begins to evolve. And over time, it gets really interesting because you see how people have solved some of these trickier, more nuanced challenges. And that gave the wise person trust and confidence in sharing more. My information is going even further more people I get is supposed to once.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So that was kind of the premise to scale the role of a one-on-one mentor. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of took off from there. I think it really played on the generosity of our colleagues.
1: I think it's a really great idea. And guys, if you don't know, you can find it online and join this community that Matt has if you have questions. The other thing is there are lots of people in the industry, like Matt says, they're so generous with their time and their advice. They're not stingy. They've been there, they've done that. They have the t-shirt and they're happy to share. Actually, I don't have anybody on this show. If someone comes and they don't want to share, I don't care it. <laughs> I usually tell them that, but I don't. So if they agree to come on this podcast, it's because they want to share what they are to say with other people. Tell me a little bit about your trip to Israel. I just want to chat with that. I think it's inspirational, and I'd like to have you share
2: it. People should know that I am Jewish, but I never really got into the religious aspect Try to observe, celebrate Hanukkah, but never went to Israel. And there's this wonderful birthright program that if you're Jewish, you can basically go for free. And my brother went, and my best friend went, and I never went. And that doesn't seem right on paper, right? Right? Someone who loves to travel, offering an all-paying expenses trip to his homeland, (laughs) why? And only about a year ago did I actually start doing a little reflection on that. And I think it's a healthy-to-do reflection on any destination that you've always wanted to go but never got. Sure. I think in general, people build up these reasons in their mind that they're not going to do something, whether it's conscious or otherwise. And for me, I think some of these reasons were from the media, thinking that it was going to be unsafe, seeing missiles Mm -hmm. flying. Mm -hmm. It's not the most hospitable vibe. (laughs) no and yet tons of people go all the time oh. Perfectly fine, exactly so i'm thinking about going and then i see a terrorist attack mm-hmm. i would put the uh, hold on that trip <laughs> i'll wait till later and that was when my best friend said to me you know there will never be the right time under this definition to go
1: that's truth he's right
2: and i said okay we're turning 40 childhood friend let's go to israel and there was a vacation rental manager in Israel named Guy Foman and his company C and Rent. Are you familiar with that? I am not. They're amazing. But I, you'll have to share that with me later. They're amazing. And Guy has also been saying, when are you coming to visit? When are you to visit? So finally I said, Guy, I'm coming to visit. And like Guy is the most thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. And he says, one, we'll take care of you. I'm gonna give you a place to stay give you some ideas of things to do, but more importantly too, what's the purpose of your trip? And I was like, birthday? With my best friend, (laughs) 40 And he's like, no, think about that question. I was like, okay. Clearly he's asking something deeper that I didn't know the answer to. Mm -hmm. And this has become one of my absolute favorite questions to ask people, what was the purpose of that trip? Or what is the purpose of your trip? And very rarely do people have a good answer Because they hadn't thought about it in that way. But I started reflecting on what is the purpose of this trip. And we visited. And we did a couple really iconic things. Uh, We went up north to the Golan Heights. Mm -hmm. Guy actually lives up there. So he was showing us where he was stationed. Took us to this most incredible steakhouse. Where they grow their own everything. Just outrageous! one of the best meals of my entire life. One of the most beautiful days of my entire life.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful there. It's gorgeous. And you see
2: these fields that are so beautiful with tanks. Yes, you do. And trenches, because you can see Syria from those hills. And it's just this very unique kind of juxtaposition that I certainly was never familiar with. And it just felt special. It's living history, and the stuff is not that long ago.
1: No, it's not. That's right.
2: And that's just really sort of striking for me. I never really paid too much attention to history, especially when I travel. Like, I'm going to these really remarkable places, but never really paid attention to what happened here. And that was really poignant. I would say the same thing about Jerusalem, which no matter what someone's religion is, they call it like...
1: It's a wild actor. I get it. Atan ivrit. Do you speak Hebrew? No. I may I've said that right. I'm taking maybe lessons. How cool. Yeah. I'm living in Jerusalem. And every time I go up to Hebrew University, and you go by the Temple Mount, you go by that Western Wall, every time I go by that place, I think, this is when God said he put his name forever. And it's just like this hugely overwhelming mm-hmm. sense of, like you say, it's a place where many religions come to find their way
0: built by property managers for property managers streamline is a powerful software that gives managers enterprise level capabilities to drive more revenue and improve operational efficiency Migrating to streamline allows property managers to gain functionality while reducing the need for multiple vendors improving flow by logging into a single system and reducing redundant technology costs With Streamline, property managers achieve revenue lifts by leveraging our fully-fledged communication center, reservations quoting system, revenue management tools, homeowner acquisition CRM, and powerful direct OTA connections. Streamline also has industry-leading trust accounting and report capabilities to give you clarity in an overall company performance. Learn more about Streamline vacation rental software at StreamlineVRS.com.
1: Tell me your thoughts on Jerusalem. And
2: again, as a non-religious person, I didn't even consider myself spiritual at all. You feel something different that I'd never felt before. And several people have since mentioned to me that they are not Jewish, but upon going there, they felt like they were going home in a way.
1: Wow, yeah.
2: It's just, just incredible. And I had this moment at the Wayland Wall, and not known as an emotional person, but I had this moment that... I was overwhelmed with emotion and Mm -hmm. I was moved to tears without any prompting. No one said anything. And if you had told me that a year ago, I would have said, not possible for you, Mateo. Mm -hmm. But this happened to me because there's something that just moves you. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot more going on in this life Mm -hmm. than I was giving attention to. Right. And I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm ready to move to Israel, although plenty of people tried to persuade me. I'm certain they did. Yeah, several people tried to set me up with their daughters. (laughs) We're going to trick you into moving here.
1: (laughs) I have some nieces if you want to come over.
2: What is that called? (laughs) Aliyah. Aliyah. Aliyah, right. Uh, And that is first visit staying there, is that
1: right? Aliyah is the process of becoming Jewish citizen there, Israeli citizen there. So, yeah, it's a way for the Jews to return to their homeland, they call it making Aliyah, and Ayah comes from a verb that I can't remember what that. I think it means to go off, and I can't remember exactly, but they talk about going up to Jerusalem. It's a remarkable place, and I know what you're saying because I never wanted to go either. I had plenty of opportunity being in the software business. Because we were invited to conferences and were there. But I would always send, like, I sent Scott Leggett one year, And I just never wanted to go. And when you do go, you go, why didn't I go? Or, why didn't I think that? It was not a real spiritual experience for me. But it just felt like home.
2: I now see exactly why people say that. And just to kind of bring it full circle, ultimately upon leaving, I kind of put my finger on the purpose of this trip. Mm -hmm. which was that I wanted to become a deeper person. I wanted to explore more and peel back some of these layers that I'd like to do some work there. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think there's just something fascinating for me about travel to places that make us a little uncomfortable. And obviously that's a huge spectrum. Yeah. Right. But there's something about traveling to a place that may scare you a bit, or that's completely out of your comfort zone, where you don't have any control, where you basically can't help but to learn and to open up and to observe and listen, smell, and like you come back changed. That's true. I think that's why we are all in this industry to a degree. We host people who travel to places to feel something, to feel changed somehow. Right. And oftentimes, our colleagues don't do enough of that themselves.
1: Absolutely. We find ourselves too busy. I'm very fortunate to travel. I've only traveled because of work before. And now I travel because of my husband's work. He travels to cool places. I would travel to boring places like Vegas and Chicago. (laughs) Places like that. He brings me to places like Italy and London and Cambridge and the back and things like that. I try to create memories now no matter where I go. And I think you're right. A lot of property managers are concentrating on creating memories for other people, but they don't do it for themselves. There's a guy sitting in the seat earlier today, and he said that it was something that you have to play in order to grow. And I think that's similar to what you've been saying. Uh, he's a property manager, and he caught it. And I was like, wow, I'll have to think on that. Was that Andy? It was Andy.
2: I sensed that. It was Andy. nearly.
1: He was like, you have to play to grow. And I thought, okay, I think that's fascinating. He had some really cool things to say.
2: When you go somewhere and you meet someone who lives there and you are attracted to them, Mm -hmm. you like their vibe or you trust them or you just kind of like you meet them maybe in a serendipitous way and they show you a place because they love it Mm -hmm. or they give you an experience because they created it or they were inspired by it, it rubs off. It just, it's inherent to, that for me is the core fire that a hospitality professional needs to feel what the trip is like so that they can convey it to their friends. And if you're in a great mood and excited and passionate and all these things, your guests will feel the same way. Your team will feel the same way and vice versa. If you're not in that state of mind for long enough, I believe it begins to seep into the rest of the operation and ultimately the experiences.
1: That's true. That's true in any business. That's a basic business principle right there that you just threw out. And it's true. We really have to, as leaders, you have to set the tone. You have to set it in a way that the people underneath you get it and understand it for lots of reasons, Rochelle, Steve, a lot of people would say, because you can't, on what you don't have. I can't remember how they put it. But basically, Rochelle was saying just today, she was like, you know, I want my people to feel the same way I do about the vacation rental company because I want them to make the same kind of decisions. And I know I've heard Steve say that. I've heard a lot of other property managers say that. And it's the same kind of thing that you're just mentioning don't let that seat down. If you're not excited about it, go take a vacation, like Andy Newman says. <laughs> go take a vacation, enjoy yourself, and come back and be fresh. It's a research
2: mission. It's an investment in your company because you're going to come back, with new ideas, revitalized. You're going to come back a better person, and that rubs off. Like yeah. it is a not only acceptable, but it's like should be required. Yeah, a travel professional. <laughs> like travel, yes,
1: regularly. You know, the other thing it does is it opens up your mind to the rest of the world. Don't just travel in the U.S. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Travel internationally. Totally. Hungary. Guys, go to Hungary. It's remarkably beautiful. Go to Romania. Go to Czechia. Go to Versailles, for goodness sakes. Where's your favorite place? Go to Jerusalem. Where is your favorite place?
2: I love Spain. There's just something about Spain. I studied there, so maybe those were formative years, but I really just love everything about
1: Spain. I could live in Spain. Spain has some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful places. Where's your favorite place in Spain? Marbella area around there, of course. lived Fuente y Roda, which is in Marbella. Yes. And there's a place near there, I'm trying to remember, it's the city that's odd. I've heard a lot of cities it's on a cliff, but the city is on the edge of a sheer cliff. It's one of my very favorite places, and I can't remember the name of it. There's a hotel that sits on the edge of that cliff. And you can get rooms and the balcony overlooks that. It's a gorge. It's really pretty. That and the little white towns there that are just, you look up at it, it's just a white town and it overlooks the blue ocean. And
2: you've got mountains, you can go skiing within an hour. It's just like such a cool lifestyle and climate and the food is insane. The food is insane. But Spain for me is just like one of my favorite retreats.
1: I like Spain too, I like Gibraltar. I think Gibraltar's interesting. Everybody speaks English all over the world, guys. Honest, is there learning where you've traveled that people just don't speak English? Even in Germany. Mm-hmm. Berlin, they're speaking English. Some Asia, but yeah. And that's kind of like the whole that's point right. is
2: like, if you can't speak the language, like, this is kind of the point. Right? <laughs> You're going to be a little uncomfortable. There's going to be some hilarious miscommunications. It's going to make for great stories. Right?
1: This is true. There's some really fun, I'm sure. It's not hard to communicate with people, though. Don't be afraid to travel because of that. People are really... They go the extra mile. They're nice all over the world. I can't think of anywhere that I've traveled that they're not really nice. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, with some places.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah really? There's some places where people are as nice as others, But I totally agree. And I think <laughs> if you know someone who speaks really highly of a place because they've been mm-hmm. and you trust them, ask them some more questions about it and follow their itinerary. Like, that's how it works.
1: For yep. sure, Scotland, the highlands in Scotland. Yeah. One of the most beautiful places in the world. Okay. Yeah. That one is gorgeous. People say people in France are not nice, but they are very nice. I'm sorry. They were the nicest people in the world to me.
2: I also think it depends on who you are. And if you're a wonderful (laughs) and lovely and positive person who's trying to be a good guest,
1: then you're probably going to get those positive vibes back. That's probably true. You know, I hadn't thought about that. When you travel, have positive vibes. Don't you want all of your guests to have positive vibes, too? Yeah. So, yeah. Is there any advice that you want to give property managers that anything specific that you want to say? I think it, it's
2: easy to get very overwhelmed with the amount of technology that you need, with the operational complexity that is required to run a business these days. It's easy to get overwhelmed in all that, and a lot of us are famously control freaks, so we have the shoes letting go, we have the shoes delegating things. And ultimately, we find ourselves like spinning plates and completely being spread thin and potentially burning out. Mm -hmm. And I would say, don't forget the feeling of when you get started. A great project has that energy and you deserve to have that energy and that feeling and that excitement always. Not to say that there won't be difficult times, not to say that there aren't stressful aspects, but happiness and excitement and joy, like those should be priorities, I think, in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of, we gotta scale, we need more properties, we need more bookings, we need more efficiencies. I would encourage folks to prioritize the fun and happy aspects, Mm -hmm. lifestyle Mm -hmm. aspects of running a travel business, relationships that you get to form, That to me is like a priority of the future. And if you're building a little business with those priorities at top, you can build a really, really amazing life for yourself in this industry. That's a special thing.
1: Yeah, that's true. We can. Thank you so much for coming and talking and spending time. This is the longest I've ever done a podcast. I try to keep things about 15 minutes only because I am bored really easily. It's the truth. Yeah. But I find you fascinating. And I find that things that you have to say are definitely worth listening to. So I thank you for coming.
0: This episode of How We Grow is brought to you by Streamline. To find out more about how Streamline can help grow your vacation rental business, visit StreamlineVRS.com. Make sure to search for How We Grow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the team here at Inhabit, thanks for listening.